I felt very lost. Right. Because I knew I didn't fit in with straight people. Right. But I was also very much made to feel that I didn't belong with queer people either. And I felt like I just kind of existed in this little bubble outside where I didn't have a community. I didn't have people. And I would just kind of sit there and feel very alone about that. I felt like if I went to any pride events, I'd get yelled at because I wasn't gay enough. And then if I tried to hang out with the straight people, I'd sit there and be like, but I'm not really like you. Not as horny as all of you. Yeah, I'm a much more reasonable person. Good (laughs) Lord. Um, um, Yeah, but like as a baby asexual who was still learning all this stuff and still just learning about the queer community in general, it was very alienating. And I didn't feel comfortable with myself for a very long time. This is Single and Probably Asexual with Kendra Kay. And we are doing a podcast recording via Zoom. Our first one, my first one. Well, our first one, since we're all doing it together. (laughs) Wonders of technology. (laughs) I'm so excited. I actually met Tori and Adair. They hired me for a best friend boudoir photo shoot. And it was the best. And (laughs) what was so adorable about the two of them is they had like this entire week planned where they did all of these best friend activities. They got matching tattoos and septum piercings. They went (laughs) Seattle. They got a boudoir session done by me. It was just, I loved it. So you guys are just adorable and I love your cute <laughs> friendship. And yeah, I'm excited to talk to you both about asexuality because I remember that day you when we were when you both were getting your hair and makeup done before the session. Um, I think it was a dare you just kind of like mentioned you were like, Oh yeah, we're both asexual. And I was just like, What? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. So since then, and then I mentioned like I was like because that was forever ago. Well, it was like forever ago, but I was like, oh, I think about doing a podcast. Anyways, well, we both saw you post yeah. on Instagram, yeah. and we're just we like, oh my gosh, I did it! I did it! <laughs> okay, yeah. So I'm gonna let both of you quickly introduce yourself, and then we're just gonna start talking about stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Tori, and um, I'm 23. Three and I am married and have a brand new baby. They're eight weeks old. Um, and yeah, that's just the surface level. <laughs> the surface level is me. <laughs> um, I'm a dare. I'm also 23. I don't have a baby, but I uh I borrow Tories now and then. <laughs> um, I do have four rats, which count as my babies. I'm a I'm a recent graduate. Got my design degree. Uh, that's about what's going on in my life right now. Nice. And they are best friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Since eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. we met in eighth grade. Health class. <laughs> I love it. Or he gave me goldfish and mm-hmm. uh, cemented the fact that she'd have this little weirdo following her around all the time. <laughs> and then. You had me at goldfish. It was from true love, true platonic love from there on out. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love this. Well, yeah. Like I said, when I was doing their session, I just thought it was so cool to, because like, obviously asexual and being asexual is like a thing, but it's still not highly talked about when it comes to like 
the spectrum of all the queerness and everything. So just to hear you like so like you were just like, oh yeah, we're both asexual. And I was just like, oh my God, that's just so cool. Like I just that's so cool. Like it's like you're owning like, you know, you're like, yes, I'm asexual. And I've just have always been so curious to like know more about like your guys' individual stories, especially going like being asexual and like being asexual in high school. Cause that because yeah. like I mean I was probably in high school a solid like 10 years ago and back then it was still like okay to be gay but it was still not okay to be gay so like I couldn't even imagine like you're like hey I'm queer and asexual like I want to know like what all of that is like but we're going to get into that but I'm going to start off with like the most basics of questions mm-hmm. for each of you and you both can like kind of like answer one after the other and yeah but mm-hmm. when did you both realize that you were asexual uh, so for me, I, I like knew for sure in about, I think sophomore year of high school, I know it was like around 15, but I started having like an inkling of it all the way back in like seventh, eighth grade. Um, Cause that's when they start doing, you know, sex ed and, and all that sort of thing and hormones, puberty and um you know people would talk about like oh this person's really sexy this per right and I and I didn't get it I'd be like yeah they're pretty I don't get horny about it like what you know (laughs) yeah and and so but then I didn't have a word for that I didn't know I I for a few years thought like there was something genuinely wrong medically wrong with me right But, but you know, it, sex ed, we were barely better than abstinence only sex ed at our, at our middle yeah. school. And so I didn't have the words to talk with that, you know, talk with my parents about that. Right. I, it was an embarrassing subject to bring up. So I just kind of was like, well, if it gets bad enough that I'm dying, then I'll talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's not a pressing issue yeah. in this moment. You it's know, just something that feels off, you know, whatever. But, know, but you didn't feel comfortable enough to even like voice what you were feeling because you were just yeah. like in the dark with it. Yeah, I, w- I had no clue. Like people would be talking about wanting to have sex and all. I'm like, why though? Yeah. In high school. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. That was another thing that should have been a, like a tip off. I was like, yeah, okay. I'd love to date. I'd love to have romance, but like, I want to finish school first. That should be more important. You know? Right. <laughs> and, and so, and also I think a, a big aspect of this is I did grow up in Texas. Uh, I did, I lived there until I was 12. And um, even though I lived in a, a more metropolitan, more liberal area of Texas, it was still very conservative. And I honestly did not know there were any queer identities outside of homosexual. Right. Yeah. And so I would, so I finally started learning about all these other identities in, you know, early high school. And I still, you know, started having like internet access and, you know, hearing about that. I had friends who had come out as queer and I wanted to understand it. And finally I found the term asexual and I looked it up and I read it. I'm like, oh my God, that's me. I'm not sick. Right. Nothing's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong. Like that's just that people can be this way and it's fine. And and I was like, oh my God, that's great. Thank goodness. You know, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not dying. (laughs) I'm not broken. I'm not. (laughs) I don't have some weird disease. 
<laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Tori, what about you? Yeah, yeah. So I actually um, didn't realize I was asexual until the first year of my marriage. So that would have been, I got married the day after I turned 20. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. And so that was kind of the like, I never dated people if I couldn't imagine myself living the rest of my life with them. Um, So it was very much a... um, that was the next step for me and my now husband which, was I'm, to immediately get married because, you know, yeah. which I mean, the concept of I'm not going to seriously date someone unless I can see a future with them. It's not a bad no, idea, no, but, but with the Christian overtones of it, definitely. kind of like saying there's only one way to do something. Being yeah. That kind of dating, I think in my mind, dating is getting to know somebody because you can't make that judgment call right away. I mean, you, there, there are definitely people that you can for sure say, I definitely can't see myself with this person, but Mm -hmm. dating should be fun. It should be getting to know somebody. It shouldn't be so serious. We've been dating (laughs) for years. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so I didn't realize that I was asexual until the first year of my marriage because um, sex was only a concept to me for a long time. And um, I, while in high school, you know, thought I was either an amazing Christian for not, you know, being tempted into sex so easily as all of, but also maybe there's something wrong with me because I'm not tempted, right? Like I thought I was a brilliant, perfect Christian for having not had all of those temptations, but at the same time being, you know, and it was funny because in high school, basically once I realized I like came out to my friends and so I was openly asexual and sometimes Tori would say things uh-huh you know she was dating and she would say things and I'd be like that's me though and I'd be like I think so do you think you could be asexual because uh, like, yeah, you guys had already been friends for a while since then yeah yeah so Dare basically I I pegged knew. me as asexual I'm, right away she was like yeah you might be asexual and I was like well that's a queer identity and I'm a Christian I I can't be queer that's just you know being a good Christian and not wanting to have sex to America and then I got married and was like okay so I still am feeling this way (laughs) um but basically what finally pushed the me admitting to myself that oh I am asexual it's because I'm also bi-romantic and um I was on I was on TikTok as we all were in the beginning of the pandemic (laughs) and um was you know seeing all these gorgeous gorgeous women Mm. um and going wow these women are absolutely gorgeous and am I attracted to women and then, but I'm, but I am I by having those questions and then, right. you know, thinking about like, well, sex with women also does not sound yeah. appealing. <laughs> and then kind of thinking about it as like, wait, but sex with men also doesn't sound appealing. And finally those two things clicked together. And I was like, oh, that's the answer. I'm asexual by romantic. Yeah. Right. All and, of the pieces have yeah. fallen into place. We have the exact same identity too. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And- so wait, I have a question. What is biromantic? Because you said it's not bisexual. 
enlighten me oh my gosh I yes. love it. so so there are different types of attraction right there's sexual romantic platonic aesthetic aesthetic um and so asexuality is an umbrella of lack of sexual lack of sexual attraction but i also have romantic attraction so romantic attraction is going to be more so of i want to date people i want to be in relationship with someone i want to um potentially live with somebody i want to create a um life with somebody the romance Um, the romance so there's um either gender because it's romantic So there's also um, a romantic, mm-hmm. okay. which is not having romantic attraction as well. Um, so not all asexuals are aromantic and not all aromantics are asexual. Exactly. Yeah. So just how you have um, homosexual, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, you can have homoromantic, biromantic, panromantic, aromantic. Right. Wow. So it's just the different levels of attraction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. I need to look into this more. Obviously, I mean, like, like I said, like I'm baby asexual compared yeah. to you. So you just unlocked a memory for me when you were talking about when you realized you were bi. Um at the you just like unlocked this. At the same time when I was like questioning what the hell was wrong with me in eighth grade of like why I don't want to have sex with people I I was kind of at one point I went like maybe I'm bi because like I felt the same way towards right boys towards and girls and I wasn't right? and I was like am I bi like, and then, I still asexual and it was so funny because I I was thinking about it I was like kind of worried about it and then I went well, why does it matter? I'm not going to date until I'm out of high school anyway. And then I just like shoved <laughs> it to the back of your Just mind. like, it doesn't matter. And then I got to college. I'm like, now it matters. <laughs> well, and, like years and not years and years, but years ago, it, you know, by, um, by people kind of would bring asexual people into mm-hmm. their group because they have the same amount of attraction towards all people right yeah <laughs> yeah the, the, um yeah that's zero attraction for yeah. asexuals and more than that for by yeah. <laughs> more towards the beginning of the queer movement before there mm-hmm. was really an umbrella term for asexual than um you know the different types of asexual they right. were just considered to be part of the bi community mm-hmm. and so there's very much a solidarity there <laughs> right so there, everything was just kind of thrown under the bi umbrella and mm-hmm. then it was like wait no pansexuality asexuality yeah. like, other, it's not just like man woman it's like i'm attracted to everybody and it doesn't matter if they could appear to have no gender like it doesn't that's so yeah. cool yeah i yeah. know that though that's so interesting please continue throughout the rest of this podcast if you have any more like good tips because (laughs) like I said I'm a baby asexual and one of my episodes I really want to dive into like the history of it and like how the term came along what were people using to you know classify or call people who are asexual before all this stuff so yeah if you have any more like literal truth nuggets drop them Um, oh I do know this has been kind of lost because so I want to say my like maybe five, six years ago, there was kind of this movement, which I think very much kind of went in hand with the turf movement of saying asexuals weren't really queer. Um, especially if you happen to be asexual and he- asexual and heteroromantic, you weren't queer. 
Mm. Um, and in that, during all this, asexuality became kind of like this cringy thing. And like, you know, it oh, it's a city umbrella. It, you, it wasn't under being straight or queer. It was just kind yeah. of. Yeah. And so there was a lot of asexuals don't belong in the community unless they're also queer in this way or this way. So a lot of things that were like there was asexual culture, but a lot of that just kind of got lost lost because people felt ashamed. People went back in the closet about being asexual um, because they were getting harassed about it. And it was a very online thing. Most people in real life I mean, obviously, these people who say these things on the internet exist in real life, but they're much louder on the internet than in real life. And in real life, the reasonable people, you know, would win out. But online, it was a very big thing. And so I remember there was one thing to identify as asexual. People who are ace would wear a black ring, just black band. Mm -hmm. And that would be like, oh, okay, that's that's my person. Those are my people. Um, The. which continues to this yeah, day. Yeah, it's, it's started up a, again, you know, and so now that there's, we've kind of squashed that a little bit more and more people are comfortable with being asexual. It's starting to come back the whole um, asexual cake, right? <laughs> of like, we, <laughs> like, we'd rather have cake than sex. And so like during Pride, there would be like, are you asexual? Come meet us up, f- come up and meet us for a party. We're just going to eat cake, right? <laughs> like, um, so it's starting to come back and I'm so glad about that because especially before I realized I was biromantic and I thought I was just heteroromantic and asexual, I felt very lost. Right. Because I knew I didn't fit in with straight people. Right. But I was also very much made to feel that I didn't belong with queer people either. And I felt like I just kind of existed in this little bubble outside where I didn't have a community. I didn't have people and I would just kind of sit there and feel very alone about that. I felt like if I went to any pride events, I'd get yelled at because I wasn't gay enough. And then if I tried to hang out with the straight people, I'd sit there and be like, but I'm not really like you. Not as horny as all of you. Yeah, people. I'm a much more reasonable person. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, um, so it, please. As, yeah, but like as a baby asexual who was still learning all this stuff and still just learning about the queer community in general it was very alienating and I didn't feel comfortable with myself for a very long time and so it now as it's being more talked about and people are being more accepting of it again it's so wonderful for me to see all these baby asexuals who have a community and do get to learn about it. And, and they have the I language was, and the labels and they they and know I was so glad when Tori came out as asexual to me because I was like, oh my God, I can be there for you. Mm-hmm. I can like be your little asexual guru. It was also kind of a like, finally you figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that <laughs> that was like, oh thank God. I'm just okay. your little asexual <laughs> guru. I'm, that's it was like it was like every base, yeah, I knew every every ba- baby asexual I think needs one of those now. Just, yeah. Go find your asexual guru; they'll yeah. lead you down the path. Sorry, Tori, what were you going to say? Um, but like what Adair was saying, I feel like a lot of people feel that way of like feeling like they're not quite queer enough and they're not quite straight enough, and they don't have a place. Which I was, I am so happy with the way that 
the LGBTQ community has been growing and growing in all these micro labels. I think a lot of people shrug those micro labels and are like, it's just, it's just too much to understand, but they give people that feel this. I'm not quite right. A label that they can be like, look, and there are other people. And I think that's so amazing. And wonderful yeah my mom my mom you know my mom is one of those people you know I told her oh I'm I'm asexual I'm biromantic I'm eh, I'm binary I'm cool with being called a lady and all that you know but she was and it's always like well I don't want you to put too many labels on yourself and I'm like but I like me define myself like I like more who who I am I like knowing that there is a name and there are people like me and there's a community. I always think of, of these labels when people say, oh, don't label yourself. You're just putting yourself in a box. And it's like, no, I'm these labels are answers to questions that I have had for a long, oh. long time. It's this blank, you know, this question that has had this blank space for so long and nothing has fit. And then finally you find that thing that answers that question, be wow. it queerness or neurodivergency or you know (laughs) there's so many different things and when that finally gets answered you're like oh my gosh now I can even you know embrace more so of who that is because I have the answers to it yeah you're like Um, I understand why my brain does this or why I get up to do one about the mental health thing it's I feel like we all have those family members that don't quite understand no matter how many like my mom when I first came out as asexual and I think asexuality in particular this is a big issue but my mom said why why do you have to tell me about your sex life and I'm like but it's not about my sex life because people who are gay you know that isn't something that is necessarily it's not sexual by default it's not sexual by default right little little there are little kids who can be gay and it's very obvious because they have crushes right crushes are a romantic attraction little kids don't have sexual attraction that's Mm -hmm. something that comes with puberty so honestly all little kids are asexual right and you you can age out of it to a you know person who has sexual attraction so i think a lot of times people are like well asexuality all kids are that you just haven't gotten to a point in your life that you had the right thing happen to you and it's just like so it's a harder thing because while and then I'm because I'm biromantic you know I have romantic relationships or had romantic relationships in my life with a lot of different people and um no matter their gender. Right. And yes, that's something that people from the outside can see. But, you know, so asexuality, I feel like a lot of times when people feel like they can't necessarily come out because people are like, why are you telling me about your sex life? Yeah. Why Why do I need to know about that? I don't need oh to know God. about that. Just that, live your life. And it's just like, yeah. did you know? It's still my actually, identity. That is actually one of, during this whole like asexual people aren't queer. That was like a, a thing that people who are against asexuals would be saying like, like coming telling us that you're asexual inherently has to do with your sex life and sexual activities so it's inappropriate to tell us that i got a lot of questions about you know and it would be like my lack of sex life 
is it, it, it appropriate like right right <laughs> I got a lot of questions um when I came out uh, um about how my husband felt about that how does your husband how does that work with your husband how does he feel about that and I'm just like that's not something I'm gonna tell you right now it's just it goes it goes be it's like when people feel that they need to know whether a person has a penis or a vagina you don't need to know why is this of importance to you why is it important that the person sitting next to you you need to know what's between their legs it's like this is like it's the same thing and it's just so who gives you the right to want to need to know this information about me do you need to know this so bad that it's going to help you proceed with your day my um my husband and i are raising our um kiddo non uh, gender neutrally and so nobody knows uh what their genitals are um and we're using them pronouns with them um but people in my life are so I like I are so funny like when I told them this we didn't find out their their genitals until they were born and so people would continually ask me oh do you know if it's a boy or a girl and we'd be like oh we don't know yet um and then like I had a few people in my life where that were just like oh well we'll we can we'll know we'll just know what by based on either what they look like or they insinuated that they were gonna peek in my kid's diaper which is just so creepy like who are you (laughs) who are you and why do you? I have a list of people I need to smack tiny chubby babies genitals are yeah yeah like where that oh that's so disturbing it just doesn't matter it's, it's so yeah. bizarre like yeah. it's a baby it's a it's a it's baby, a baby. Child. exactly but That's also you need to know yeah it's yeah it's just it's mind-blowing that you know it's yeah it's just it's so wild to me that people just think that they need to know like what's between your legs mm-hmm. yeah I need to enjoy my coffee and in order to do that I need to know if that are is you, a man or a woman <laughs> are you planning to have sex with me no <laughs> Perfect. Don't worry about it. Are you my doctor? (laughs) Okay, well, I want to go back to when did you both realize, when did the term biromantic, when did you learn about that? And when you learned about it, were you initially like, you probably more so Adair because you've been asexual longer, you were probably like, that's what it is. Is that kind of like what happened when you found the term biromantic? Um, so... I didn't know right off the bat that uh, being asexual didn't mean you didn't want relationships. Cause that was like the one thing that made it take it take a while for me to be like, I guess that is what I am because I was like, but I still want romance. I still want to be in a relationship. I want love and to be loved, and, you know? Um, and then I've, you know, as doing research, cause that's what I do. I research stuff. <laughs> for fun um uh you know people were like oh i'm uh i'm asexual but i'm homoromantic i'm biromantic and uh i was like oh so they're separate you can be you can want romance and still not be into sex that's okay cool 
Um, and at at the time I had procrastinated realizing I was bi because I was like, well, I'm not going to date anyway. So like, we'll just worry about that when I become interested in dating. It was a back burner. Yeah. Not so much procrastination as like, now's not the time, you know, I want to slowly simmer in the back here while I figure other things out. Get it nice and flavorful, you know, (laughs) put spices in there. Let me figure Um, out how to do taxes first and then I'm going to work out. Figure out what all those boxes mean. (laughs) And then when I know what those are, we can worry about this. I can't um, continue if I don't know what 519 means, but yeah. yeah. A 1090 what? <laughs> Why, what's the difference? They call it a 1040 EZ. This is not easy. <laughs> the one without the EZ. That's the one you need. Yeah. Um, and so for the time when I was like, well, we'll just say I'm asexual, heteroromantic, because I'm not dealing with that right now, whatever. <laughs> and um, and then kind of second year of college when I was, had like settled in, I was like, boys, girls, non-binary people, they're both pretty. <laughs> Everyone's really pretty. Everyone's really gorgeous. Oh no. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then and then I didn't come out. I didn't come so- out for so long. Basically, the the realization of because I I was breaking out of being that perfect Christian right in the beginning of my marriage. I kind of it kind of all fell apart in the best way um, that I you know I suddenly realized all these things about myself. Now that I was you know living with somebody, I could have these conversations with, um, and and so when I finally realized it was it was definitely a at the exact same time I realized I was ace I realized I was bi-romantic I couldn't have had one without the other I needed to discover them at the same time um and I sent Adara a message and was like oh my gosh Adair I'm asexual bi-romantic and, it was and the- she goes I'm also bi-romantic yeah and I was like no way no so and it so I think you figured it out, but you hadn't really told anybody. So it it was, it was the first day of pride month, 2020. (laughs) I just, the timing was fantastic. Fantastic. I hadn't come out as bi, uh, kind of because of you, Tori, (laughs) because at the time you were still a very good little Christian. I was a good little Christian girl for a very long time. And it was a bisexual best friend. Yeah. (laughs) And it was sort of a, okay, Tori accepts the asexual thing because, well, you're just not going to have sex till marriage then. That's fine in Christianity, whatever. But I was very, and, uh, you know, but the impression I had al- it had always been was very much hate the sin, love the sinner sort of thing. and Which I lived by for many years yeah. and I'm not proud of that, but yeah. it was my upbringing. Yeah, and so- I'm proud that I've grown past it. And, yeah, and we were so close and I love you so much and I did mm-hmm. not want to damage- that friendship in any way because regardless of that we I mean we've been attached at the hip since we were 13 Mm -hmm. um and we you know I just didn't I was afraid of that and I never came out to anyone else before Tori because if I can't tell Tori right how could I tell anyone else And, and um and so as time went on especially kind of leading up to COVID and quarantine, I was like starting to get the feeling that like something shifted and Tori, you know, Tori's mind, mind has changed a little on some things, but I'm still going to hold on. And yeah. then that morning Tori came out 
And I was like, oh my God, thank goodness. You know, like, oh, okay. By the way, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, but I was just like, oh, oh. huge relief off of, off of my shoulders. And then immediately I came out to everyone else. I'm like, Tori has to be the first to know, but now let me go. <laughs> that. Well, this, this is perfect. This leads me into my next question. So, and I know Tori, you're like newly asexual biromantic but what has it been like to just have each other and be like literally you're both the same you're both asexual and you're both <laughs> biromantic so it's like you not only understand the asexuality part but you also understand that other part where it was like no I still want relationships like you know I mean Tori you are married and you have a baby like you know you still want these things in life so what has it been like to just have each other through life I think without a share, I don't know that I would know myself as well as I do. I think having somebody who is so blunt, (laughs) blunt, but also so similar, we're, we're very different people for sure, but a lot of also the same person, but also the same person. Um, But your are so different. And like, especially for Tori, like, yeah, like just even having somebody to be like, Hi, I'm with you, but continue. Sorry. But yeah, having a dare, I think it may have taken me many, many, many more years before I would have allowed myself to, to, to figure that out about myself. And that was just the first thing since I got married, that was the first thing I figured out. And once I figured that out, I figured out I'm also polyamorous. I'm also very neurodivergent. Um, I'm also, oh my God, non-binary. <laughs> what are all the things? Um, and my husband, thank God, is the most amazing person that I could have been with. Um, because he has just, you know, ridden the wave of like, he you're still amazing and I love you. No he's matter lucky who you he are. did. He may be a foot taller than me, but I've got a good left hook. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, yeah, I, since, since middle school, honestly, yeah. we knew that we were going to be in each other's lives forever, Adair and I. Yeah. And, um, we went to homecoming together. Yeah. We, year of high school. we went to homecoming and together, not just because we didn't have no, like, like to go with. Like Tori asked me to go to homecoming with mm-hmm. them. And, and like, we spent the night at Tori's house and we slept on the pullout couch together. And I was laying there. I'm like, we're going to be like best friends for the rest of our lives. Right. Like literally not just like, Oh, you're my best friend. We're going to be friends forever. And then we get to high school. Like we're, we're best yeah. friends till we die. <laughs> like literally if we move to a different country, yeah. you know, we're following the other person. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think without a dare, I wouldn't have been able to acknowledge these things within myself. And and even being married, it was hard to question that because I was like, I'm already married. And so what is the point of really understanding and exploring these things? And then coming to realize that, oh, I am polyamorous as well, was like, okay, it makes sense why I still, you know, have a longing for these relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think I think my polyamory specifically for me is more leaning towards relationship anarchy, which is just a different way of experiencing relationships in your life. So specifically for me and Adair, we are partners. Yeah. Yeah. We are life partners, but we are also partners to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then I also, my husband is partner my husband you know he's also my partner and so I used to joke he was the other woman (laughs) because 
because like, no, 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 no. I was here first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's all a learning experience and having someone with you that can point out things that they see from an outside perspective yeah. and also help you through your own experience while blossoming in their own experience is just so cool to have and to see and to experience yeah yeah and for me I didn't have many friends growing up I was like a very liberal kid with very liberal parents growing up in Texas I was very neurodivergent but undiagnosed and and so I had like a few friends, but it was not an unconditional friendship, I think. I think it was, there were conditions. I couldn't act too weird or or they wouldn't want to be friends with me sort of thing. Um, and so I met Tori and we became friends and it was very much this kind of for the first time, like a fully like unconditional friendship that I felt secure in I didn't have to act different I didn't have to hide things about me I you know it was uh we were just as weird together we, as we yeah. were on our own and, and it, it just it got and, better together <laughs> and yeah it just just something clicked and I I went through a lot of, of hard times throughout our friendship um I struggled a lot with my mental health. Um, there were some really, really bad times there. Um, my dad had some pretty serious health problems our last year of high school. And uh, Tori was there for it. Yeah. And Tori stuck with me and Tori helped me. And it, I don't know if any of the friends that I'd had before, you know, from Texas would have ever stuck through that you know um and so and that's not to bad mouth them if first somehow they ever listen to this right <laughs> but right it's just a you just find model. out your your true people who will stick yeah, with you when the, when it's hard times too and when you're not at your best that's you, the, you and, find those ones that are there and to go through you know all that struggle and you know, you go home and sure, you can talk to your parents about it. You can be with your family about it. And that does help. But they're so close to the situation. You're their child. You live with them. Um, in, in the case of with my dad's health problems, he's the source of this anxiety. And he and he has to get better. So I can't bother him with that sort of thing. And have someone that I could go to and and just be there and have that support of someone who is not within the situation the same way my family was mm-hmm. I genuinely think that's what got me through that um, I'm not gonna cry because I sound awful when I do that <laughs> um but uh when my dad my dad had to spend a few days in the hospital and uh Tori was house sitting nearby and so I just went and stayed with them you know it was uh yeah Tori has been pretty much (laughs) uh we like to say that I am Adair's emotional support yes yes I so I um 
my major in college was design and I applied the first time and I didn't get in and it kind of threw off my whole college plan mm -hmm. and I called Tori crying Tori came up and went to classes with me took an exam actually Tori, I had an exam I had an art history exam that day it was Co Korean art history I um, believe was East, the... East Asian art history yeah and but it was the Korean unit it was the Korean and, unit, and I know nothing and about Korean the, art the exam I, I did get 36 percent yes I <laughs> no so basically you know they passed out the test and Tori's like well let's just see how I do um and and it was so funny because then we got the test results back and and Tori because you've got to put in like your student ID number and all, mm -hmm. and all this and right. Tori just kept writing not a student not, not a student, student. <laughs> not not ID number zero 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 <laughs> and and so like a week later after these had all been graded, um, my professor comes up and is like, so I had something happen with this test that has never happened before <laughs> in my life. Yep. Uh, we had someone who is not a student here. <laughs> not, take, like, yeah. not in this class. Not even just like not just a doesn't go to Western yeah. at all. We don't know if she even lives in the state. No, we, we have no clue who this person was. Um, <laughs> and they took this exam. And, and I was like, cool, great. And I went up after class with the professor. I'm like, that was my friend. They were there to support me. What did they get? Did they pass? Serious. And I statistically, you should have gotten a 50%. So I don't know. That is. It could have been, I'm dyslexic, it could have been 63 or it could have been 36. I don't remember. Yeah. I do remember. It was not a passing grade. Yeah. <laughs> I. Probably 36 then. <laughs> hey, you had a leg up on me though. You I were actually, actually in the class. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The anxiety of like taking an exam though in the class. And it, it like, I'm not even going to be graded on. I was so nervous. Yeah. I, I just have to keep reminding for... myself this, this doesn't mean anything for anything in my future at all. Also, like, I don't have to worry about this. I'm just going in that class. My sister-in-law was in that class and Adara and I were sitting in there getting ready to take the exam and my sister-in-law came in and she goes, Tori, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I turn around with my face. I, you can tell I've been crying for like a week after I turn around, my face is all red and swollen. Yeah. I'm like, she's here for me. <laughs> don't let it leave oh my gosh um that is hilarious i love that <laughs> but yes i'm her that's the same day i just like picked i up love that. that emotional support i just love how close you guys are and even like regardless of having each other to like you know talk with like being asexual and biromantic with like you just you guys are each other's people and that's just amazing okay another question i have for you guys so specifically when you were in high school so i know like tori so maybe adair can answer a little bit more to this but then tori you can also like vouch for what adair was going through in high school so how was it being in high school and being openly asexual Ooh, uh so i did get several comments you know right. like that's not a real thing yeah and oh you just you just haven't met the right person yet you'll meet the right person and you know um, I did, I did get one dude be like, I could fix that. Like, please keep walking. I said, you're going to have to fix your leg first. Because <laughs> um, I'm going to kick it. Before you're ever going to be able to fix, I use air yeah. quotes. Fix. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was definitely some of that. Um, 
I, I think the main thing for me was just that struggle, like, where do I even fit in? Because I didn't, we had a GSA. First of all, I hated the teacher who ran the GSA. She was, she was real creepy. What's she was say? Uh, Gay Straight Alliance. It's oh, like a, okay, got it. So yeah. it was like the after club school thing. Yeah, this teacher um, invited a student over to her house a couple times. Yeah, and she uh, was she was a real bad teacher, and she was a really creepy adult. She like she implied that I slept naked. Okay, yeah, no, that's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was not. She got fired a few years after we yeah, graduated. I was gonna that say, was like, go to the authorities on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and so I. So for two reasons, I didn't go to GSA. One, I just could not stand her. And uh, two, I was very much worried that if I went there, I'd get kind of the same thing that people online would get. Of, well, you're not really part of this community. You need to leave. This is not a gay or straight. You don't yeah. And yeah. So I, you know, and it, and then I didn't want to talk to my parents about it because I can't talk about that with them without having to kind of talk about sex right and um no teenager no 15 year old girl wants to sit in front of her dad and say <laughs> and say hey don't get aroused by people <laughs> right like and and i think the thing that sucked so much is that when i wanted to tell people like this is you know like this is why i'm not dating and and really, that was why I never dated, aside from the fact that I was kind of weird and generally people weren't attracted to me, <laughs> uh, was just like, I don't want to get rejected for that. Because right. in high school, that's when you're, you know, hormones are crazy and puberty and people want to try that and people want to try and have sex. And, and a lot of people were. And right. I was afraid that I'd be expected to do that. And that if I didn't do that, I'd get ostracized. And also part of that is just being a woman or being perceived as a woman. Exactly. If you you have sex, you're a slut and you get ostracized for that. And if you don't have sex, then you're a prude and you get ostracized for that. And there's no in-between because of that. And there's no in-between. Yeah. And and also the fact of the matter is people who are not asexual or are not very much a part of the queer community have no clue what asexuality is right and i i was out but i stopped coming out to people i was like the people who need to know know yeah and that's it because i got so tired of basically having to give a 20 minute lecture yeah on what my sexuality was and no it's not that i'm choosing to be abstinent and waiting till marriage it's not that I'm a late bloomer. It's not that I've been traumatized by something. I just genuinely don't feel attraction in that way. Yeah. And yes, I think people are hot. But again, I don't get horny about it. Right. Right. Like, it, I think that's something that people don't put the connection with yeah. about asexuality is asexuality is a lack of sexual a- attraction it has nothing to do with having sex actually you can have sex and you can not have sex and still be asexual also it has nothing to do with sex drive either Mm -hmm. right exactly exactly but you could be physically attracted to so many people and yeah there's no it's different you know there's that that aesthetic attraction it's Mm -hmm. like people are gorgeous Mm -hmm. and i can you know say like wow that is a beautiful human 
I don't want to have sex with them. The closest I get to that is like looking at someone and being like, if they wanted to kiss me, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that'd be okay. I wouldn't say no. I would would not say no to a makeout with this person, but it's never a cuddle or a cuddle, but it's never like, damn, right. (laughs) I want to have sex with them. It's like, right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I think that people just maybe look at asexuality and be like, oh, you just have, you have no physical, um, you know, you have no sex drive. maybe you, you need to take meds for that. Oh my God. Yeah. For a long time, asexuality was listed as a mental illness. Yeah. I, that's just wild to me, but I think people think it's like, it's just one extreme. Like you're just so far over here. You don't find people attractive. You don't find doing something that is pleasurable for people to do. Like you don't like, it's, it's not that extreme like and like you said like now there's other like umbrellas and like you could identify as being biromantic and it just makes more sense but i think yeah people think of asexuality and they're like what is that and you have to give yeah, a 20 minute lecture exactly. and that's why honestly when i tell people i'm queer i just start out by telling them that i'm bisexual oh yeah okay perfect i just tell them that i'm bisexual if you're not ready to have that 20 minute lecture it's yeah. just easier to say i'm bisexual yeah you don't have to do that every day you shouldn't be able to do it but especially now you know adair doing this for so long you're like i'm gonna say this because then i can skip this and i can go on my day without having to be the teacher to but here's the thing work. even if, even if people are biphobic or they don't think it's real they know what it means right so i can say yeah. i'm bisexual and that. leave it that Right. And then if we get closer and that becomes a thing, it can be like, well, I'm actually this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and but so the lady I'm, at the grocery store, ma'am, I'm by. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to go on with my day. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's just so much easier to go about it that way because yeah. that's why things like yeah. this podcast are so amazing yeah. because the more we get to talk about asexuality and then yeah. many different facets of it because it is a huge umbrella i mean the the you know sex neutral sex positive and sex averse like those sex are favorable sex favorable um and, and sex there's sex averse and sex repulse yeah there's like and and it those are just a couple subsets of asexuality demisexuality gray yeah. asexuality yeah. It, I am demisexual, but those other ones that you mentioned, I have no idea. Like I'm so, I'm so, yeah. I love yeah, So those are subsets of you can be asexual and be sex favorable yeah. or sex neutral or sex repulsed or sex negative. Like, yeah, all of the things. And, and those aren't necessarily things that you need to tell everybody, but yeah, like that's, because like, that's maybe, more about your sex life than yeah, that. That's something where you're asexual, okay. you're like, hey, are you the yeah. these? <laughs> like if you have a, have a partner and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, so just so you know, like, like, okay, I'm sex favorable. I enjoy the act of sex. Right. I just don't feel like, like, I just don't feel attraction or I'm right. sex or pulls. The idea of having sex is absolutely disgusting to me. Right. I will never do it. Right. Yeah. Like, but I think having this, com- these conversations are so good because while it might be TMI, while some people might not want to know that about you, people who are experiencing these things being able to know that there are different subsets and that there are different ways to experience asexuality such a great way for others to go oh that's what i Mm -hmm. am that's what i have i'm part of a facebook group um it's an asexual like memes and support so you get a little hilarity and also get to you know really help some people and um it's so wonderful because there are some things that I didn't even know and I'm still learning and 
I'm learning a lot on this call. So it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I like, like you said, Tori, it's just, it's cool that we can all talk about this more. And like when we were talking earlier and like, I think it was probably people from both sides of your family, like, Oh, stop with all the labels. Stop with all the labels. It's like, no, these help me like better understand myself. So therefore others can better understand me. Those who need to understand not the lady at the grocery store, but my best friend or this partner that I'm starting to see, or my child, like, it helps, you know, especially when asexual people and, you know, everybody under the LGBTQI plus like spectrum has always been like ostracized, but especially to be like, you don't belong even with us. Like that's, these help us, you know? And I mean, I feel like oftentimes people always say, you know, young people are too young. They're too young to be told about these things, to be expected to know about these things. And I I, I just would like to say, let's all think back to when we were that age, yeah. what we were doing and experiencing and thinking, because all children are going through that. Right. And, and being able to have these things out there in the universe, I think young kids are going to have such a... a, a, a much harder, but also much easier time having the internet around. Yeah, and so accessible because major pros, major cons, but there yeah. are yeah. a lot of pros though. For too. sure. Yeah, but but in this sense, I feel like it's going to be a lot easier because you know if I had heard this kind of podcast when I was younger, right. I would have been like, "Holy crap! Look at that! That's me!" Yeah, like Fine. this is normal. I'm normal. Like the, everyone's normal yeah. in their own it's body. It's about normalizing those things. Exactly, because it, it is normal. It is like, normal. This, these things have existed for all of humanity. Right. And the people who say this is a, that, like any sort of queer identity, is is unnatural. It, a mental illness. First off, homosexuality alone occurs throughout the animal kingdom actually bats bats display the highest rates of homosexuality in any mammal uh there is a species of primates called bonobos and uh they're bisexual like like almost by default like sex and sexual favors is basically currency (laughs) within their you know like yeah like like oh you've helped me with this so okay right like it's (laughs) like this is something that just happens it's not it's part of and also eating your young in the wild is natural so why are we saying that things are unnatural because natural doesn't mean natural doesn't mean anything Yeah. (laughs) yeah exactly true like throw that Throw that out the window because let me tell you some things that are actually natural in some other environments. Have you seen deep sea creatures? Do you think that <laughs> natural has anything like <laughs> any merit? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And thank you so much just for saying those things. I mean, and like, I'm sitting here with way less knowledge than like the two of you have. And I'm like, and like, part of me feels like, insecure about that in a way it's like oh well who gives me the right to like do this podcast but it's like but it's this is why because I get to talk to more people and like wow I just found out what biromantic means today and I'm going to do a lot more googling this evening because I'm very excited to learn more about this but it's just make you a little fun fact finder (laughs) please (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah it's just it's so great that we could just have a space to talk about it and 
with the years of experience that you both have had and like being asexual first for like, you know, yourself tour or excuse me, a dare. And then being like, Oh, oh my God, it's dude. almost 10 years now that I've been. Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, I just started a crisis. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I am just, yeah, I'm excited to do some Googling tonight because I'm just so pumped. But Tori, I have another question for you because you, I love that. I mean, I've met your husband. He's amazing. We did maternity photos and they're so cute. Um, And I just love that he was such support. Like it reminds me of my friends who, um, my friend Dan, when he was transitioning, he was formerly, you know, Danielle and now he's Dan and like his partner was with him the entire time. Like it was just, it's not, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you're going through a sex change or you're on T or estrogen, I will love you for you. And I think that's so beautiful that you have that in Dustin, but how has it been? Cause I mean, you've talked about it a little bit briefly, but how identifying as a sexual being in a marriage, it's just probably further, like you said, it's helped you just understand yourself more but you've obviously gotten like critiques from christian family members which you know obviously oh, yeah. you're going to hit list. <laughs> but, my hit list <laughs> and i do mean like just like a, a literal hit i'm not gonna kill anyone yeah right? i just i just want to put you that's a it. good backhand, backhand punch whatever it is that's <laughs> what I mean. but how is yeah how has it been like just being asexual and being married yeah yeah so i mean Going in, and this is going to be more specifically about my experience. Um, but I, I think a lot of luck was involved. Honestly, I got so lucky. Um, but going into my marriage, I definitely, and this is going to go a little into explaining how I was through high school, not no being asexual, but not knowing it. Um, so going into my marriage, I was very excited about sex I never had sex before um and I was very excited about it because all the things I'd done previously I was like feeling very meh about but I was like it's gonna be this wonderful thing it's yeah. gonna be amazing because you and your husband the person you're meant to do and, and I waited be- until marriage and here we yeah. are and it was you know you didn't um, even kiss on the mouth till your wedding yeah like, my husband and I's first mouth kiss was at our wedding we done like forehead and cheek kisses before that but our first mouth kiss which sounds I hate saying mouth kiss and now we've said it three times (laughs) anyway moving on um and so I was really excited about having sex and then of course wedding nights are always amped up and honestly the worst right exactly But, but after that, you know, I was just kind of fighting. I was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Sure. Mm -hmm. Orgasms are great. I don't think anyone, I I truly don't think anyone can say that an orgasm is not fun, that an (laughs) orgasm doesn't feel (laughs) nice because that's literally kind of a definition of an orgasm. Yeah. We all, we all can't have that. They're great. They're great. You just don't need a person for them. (laughs) Exactly. That's just so much more messy. Like, very, very. Yeah. But then you got into that and you were like, oh, this is 
Okay. I want to see. Um, yeah. So okay. basically, I was just like, orgasms nice, but the lead up and the in between and oh all that God. is just Ugh. unnecessary. I say never and, having had sex and extra and and then of course I have a husband and a partner who really enjoys all of that, and oh. so it was very hard to like figure that out and then also to talk to him and be like so here's the thing I don't really and I'm I'm sex neutral right and so I'm like I I'll do it because I know you like it and I don't mind it right but also I'm not going out of my way (laughs) like so my husband is usually the one who kind of you know nudge nudge wink wink or just flat out asks and is like any chance like and I, usually I'm like yeah okay like we we could do that tonight yeah. but it was very much a like I don't know how he's gonna react at the beginning of it yeah. and he's amazing like I've said I can't stress that enough yeah. that he's wonderful but you know it was that like how is this person that I'm married to now going to react definitely oh. a a um I don't know, an advocate of having sex before marriage now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like living with somebody before getting married, like, like all like of even, that. Even as an asexual, I'm not going to marry someone unless I've had sex with them a couple just, times. Yeah. Right. yeah. Even if yeah, you're I, super I, Christian, religious, just fucking just do whatever you want to do. I should, I should yeah. clarify, I am an atheist now. Yeah. <laughs> So I figured so. I had the deconstruction journey. I am no longer a Christian. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So, so wrapping up my thoughts, um, going into marriage, I was so excited about it. And then to be feeling like I had let myself down and then feeling like I had let my partner down and then slowly building myself back up from there and going, no, this actually works knowing this about myself has made our relationship better um and I've been able to explore even more about my identity and um and of course like I said he was just riding every wave being like you're Tori you know no matter what identity or label you find fits and defines you the best way you're still you you're still the soul that I fell in love with. And um, that's not going to change because your pronouns have suddenly become something different. And while there is a level of that with, you know, his sexual attraction of me, right? When I am having a more mask day and uh, look more masculine, he's not going to feel as sexually attracted to me because he's not attracted to men. (laughs) and but um oh gosh words having a baby turns your brain to mush I'm just gonna say that I have pudding for brains right now Um, flavor of pudding strawberry yeah yeah my hair um does hair dye change the flavor? <laughs> do you think it we, might? Do you think if we dyed it brown, it would be like a chocolate pudding? <laughs> like chocolate, cinnamon, mm-hmm. something. Yeah. 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 I have a chocolate. Adding it to the Google search list later. 
<laughs> now I completely lost my train of thought. I apologize. Yeah, so. no, that's okay. I really like what you just said, though, because see, you were like, you said, you know, if I'm more mask some days, like he's not going to be as sexually attracted to me. Right. Not right. that he doesn't still not love you. Yeah, I think yeah, romantically, he he's I still think people are like, oh, I have very to do- much into me. <laughs> but right. that like not- visual sexual attraction, he's not going to necessarily feel that. And I know that. Um, and then, of course, I, I've known people that have gone through transitions with their partners um, and their partner has then discovered within themselves that, oh, I'm not straight um, and I'm I'm bi or I'm pan. Right. Those those kind of things. And that's wonderful when you when you have find a partner like that. And it's definitely a lot of luck. <laughs> I feel like that trips up a lot of people in relationships because I think and like you know, a lot of obviously straight people, and I'm thinking obviously a lot of like maybe cisgendered straight. (laughs) Like I need to like want to bone you every second of every day, or this isn't going to work. And it's like, I just love that when you said that you're like, no, he's not going to be as as sexually attracted to me on the days when I decide to shave all my hair and I'm, you know, wearing clothes that aren't feminine or tight or whatever, but it's, that doesn't matter. It's that's your husband and he loves you for you. And you don't have to put on this show to like, like a little peacock and like be mm-hmm. like sexually viable or like good enough for somebody. And I think and I mean, some people get so stuck in that. And it's like, love your person for your person. If you don't want to bang them one day, that doesn't mean that like it's done. We have to move on. This is not going to work. <laughs> right. And I think attraction fluctuates constantly, constantly and through you know, as you age, I feel like that's a lot of time married couples get, you know, to the 20th, 30th year and they're like, the attraction isn't there anymore. And I'm like, no, it's well, just- you're 60 soon. <laughs> <laughs> but also have you considered it's menopause? <laughs> it's not like he could do anything about it at his age either. So just like maybe have a nice time at the zoo. <laughs> But also attraction fluctuates. That's like that, you know, the year after marriage, everyone always tells you you're going to hate them or something. And it's just like, no, you got to see a therapist about that. (laughs) Everyone should be in therapy and every couple should be in a couple's therapy (laughs) place. I think that's such an interesting thing because, yeah, I feel like and that goes back to being like asexual and feeling so alone in this world that only heightens sexuality. Like, oh, I have to be sexually aroused to this person in order to be in a committed relationship, in order to have a long-term thing. Like, we live in such a hypersexualized society. It's, it's, it's I, there was a study done, which I absolutely, I love bringing this up because I'm a doula and I work with clients, you know, in their most vulnerable state. And they're always like, my, like, don't look at me when I'm pushing a baby out. And it's like, no, no, we're in a hypersexualized um, society. Mm-hmm. There are, there are societies in this world where the women don't wear bras yeah. and don't wear tops. Oh, and right. and I've heard people go like, how do they get anything done? Won't the men always be aroused? And it's like, no, because that state of arousal goes away almost immediately once it becomes a norm. A normal thing. And Leah, like giving birth, this is natural. Like yeah. don't be self-conscious. It's natural. That reminds me of, I can't remember if it's like Finland or Norway, but it's one of those Nordic countries. Um, they have a saying about Americans and the and how sexual everything is. Oh, yeah. They they look at us and they say they've never seen their grandma naked. 
because in in these yeah. Norse countries, you know, it's very calm. Saunas and, and you know, and you're just like, beaches. And you, you know, you're just yeah. naked. That everyone, happens. Yeah. Everyone sees bodies that are aged, that are, you know, like all mm-hmm. this. And and that mystique of like, oh, you know, goes away. Oh, oh my God. Picking off their clothes, right? Like it's just matter got something underneath, you know. And also they have much healthier views on aging and how your body ages love that there are so many like all these people all these people who look at like breast augmentations because they're 57 and their boobs are starting to get droopy like yeah, yeah that's that's what, you're not 20 anymore it's yeah, fun like, like you've had three children and nursed them all and also you're almost 60 and you're in menopause like that's gonna happen it's okay yeah you've basically been nursing for the equivalent of two full years so like yeah your boobs are gonna change in america specifically we have a very uh attached viewpoint of our teenage bodies yes the the stage from becoming a teenager to becoming an adult a lot happens with your body but you're very focused on that teenage look yeah which is i understand because that's when most people are going through puberty and 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 getting that first attraction and that kind of sticks with you but but it's just so funny because it's like that's still a child they are a teenager and 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 like looking back at old pictures of myself it's like oh i wish i looked no i don't i don't wish i looked like that anymore because that's i was a child i was a a prepubescent right flat yeah. chested flat tummy I mean yeah. not flat. I was never flat tummy I always had yeah. a little muffin top it's <laughs> very cute I like your bust yeah I very yeah I, I hate the sexualization of like kids and teenagers oh. and it's like are we forgetting that these are still children like you go shopping for clothes and you go to the you go to the little boy section quote unquote and like it's totally reasonable stuff and then you go to the little girl section and like 10 year old sizes booty shorts hey, crop tops yeah listen but also if we weren't age, sexualizing like, everything constantly yeah. booty shorts and crop tops i feel like they're comfy should be okay comfy clothes right. you're right see there was me going like, sexualizing it because when i think of booty shorts uh, and crop tops i'm thinking of like a woman with like her ass hanging out and she's like in a music video and like she's being sexualized <laughs> but no you're right like it's just but I we mean, thought even, the stage of thinking that babies even babies this is one of the things this is a pet peeve of mine Uh, I don't love baby clothes with words on them there are very few that I have usually they're just like the ones that I have say like love or cutie pie just little little things and most of those I still don't love like a little dinosaur one that said rar yeah Yeah. little dinosaur the ones you know rar that's cute but also raising my kid gender neutrally has been great because I don't get any of the little boy or little girl onesies that are so disgusting like um little little onesies that said something like mom just wanted a back rub yeah or um i hate my thighs i hate little girl onesies that say i hate my thighs or little boy onesies that are talking about their mom's boobs drinking milk like dad will have a beer i'll have a boob or something yeah, like yeah, they're just the sexualization so- on children's clothing baby yeah. clothing no and like oh my oh, this would bug me so my little sister was in daycare for infancy because both my parents worked at that time and 
So we'd go to the infant room at the daycare and drop her off. And, you know, they're little boys, little girls. And if a little boy was like, even like looking at one of the little girls, yeah. and they're babies, right? They're, they can see... They can see like two feet in front of them at this point. They'd be like, oh, he's a little ladies man. He, or or like, she's going to be a heartbreaker. You're going to have to beat the boys off with a stick. And I'm like, and even then I was like, yeah. Or, or dad's going to have to lock her up till she's 16. Yeah. yeah. Or you're going to have to watch her when she gets older. You know, yeah. She's really, yeah. They're just, it's so gross. That's one of the reasons that we're raising when we're non-binary. And yeah. I don't like saying that. We're raising them gender neutrally. Yeah, Non-binary is a gender an identity, which I don't want to yeah, force put on them. They can't make that yet, but they can't make the decision. Yeah. Um, but so we're raising them gender neutrally. And um that's one of the reasons is because I was like, then people can't be creepy about it. Yeah. Exactly. And they can't. Yeah. We just they just have to sit and wallow in their confused, uneducated inability uh, to grow yeah <laughs> educated and just um not being educated is not a flaw it yeah. is no. a flaw yeah but if you're uneducated and not willing to learn then I there's know. a problem I was trying I'd, to like, I'd like to clarify that. Yeah, for sure for sure um um ignorant is what I was trying to think of uh, People, yes yeah willful ignorance willful ignorancy it's just yeah and I had never thought about like babies clothing like that like that is just it's disgusting yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah it's 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 really it's interesting I think the only thing we ever got my little sister that had words on it was like a bib that I picked out and it was like two little zebras and it said I love my big sister and yeah. that's like the only that thing like, yeah yeah <laughs> like, and that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she, she uh, loves me as much as she did when she was a baby, but you know. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, this has been so much fun. I want to close off and ask you both to give like a little general statement, not like a statement, but like if you were to give baby asexuals an advice or people actually like better than this, like if you were to give people who are asexual advice like so someone like me who needs to like explore more of like am I yeah like biromantic or am I sex neutral and like all these things like what what advice or or like what do you want to like what would you say to people who are trying to further understand where they fall in this big giant ambiguous umbrella um you don't need answers right away and answers can change, you know, um, that's, that's, I think the big one is kind of this sense of what I struggled with so much was this sense of like, I need to know exactly what I am. And I need to know now because I, I hate not having control. I hate not having all the knowledge. And I think that's what made my journey more difficult in all honesty, um to just accept okay I don't have the answer to that right now that's okay and that's okay I will find out when you are ready and when you're like okay this is something I have actually been struggling with I'm now ready to go down this path further I love that and if you decide to experiment with something and it turns out and you're not this thing even though you've spent years saying you are that's fine. There's nothing wrong. You have simply 
learned new information about yourself and have now, you know, changed. There's, you know, I have an, I have infinitely more respect for straight people who have questioned their sexuality, who have questioned their gender identity and have experimented with it and then said, no, I think I'm just straight actually. Then straight people who just don't care about that. Like it's, it's okay. It's okay to question. It's okay to explore, do research, question things, learn things. Cause at the end of the day, finding out you were wrong isn't bad. Right. You still have that answer. You still have your answer. And all that's happened is you've learned more about you. Exactly. You don't have to be on this one trajectory of life that you think you have to be on. You might be, you like, you know, when you turn 40, you're like, Hey, this is also something new about me. Yeah. I love what you said there. Like you're always changing. It will always change. Yeah. You're never going to be the same person. I'm not the same person I was a month ago. Yeah. And you can't, you can't expect yourself to remain the same. We are beings that are constantly in motion, constantly changing, growing. You know, there is no definite singular answer. Right. There, there, and even if you think you found that definite singular answer, it's going to grow, you know, it's going to become deeper. Everything is not two-dimensional. Like it's not a flat yes or no. There's that areas of gray, you know, it's like Tori. Here's one thing. We joke. We're the same person. We have all the same identities. Tori came out as non-binary. They knew they were non-binary before I did. And I said, well, that's okay. We don't have to be the same person. And then like four months later, I was like, hey, uh, (laughs) you know what? I figured about myself now, you know, it's, Everyone does thing in the, does things in their own time. We are constantly evolving as people. If we didn't, life would be really weird and boring. And boring, you yeah. know. It'd be really, yeah, it'd be terrible. I I feel bad for those who they don't wish for growth either. They don't wish for change. They don't wish for exploration. Like that's what I think a lot of that about. is fear. I yeah. think a lot of that is fear to mm-hmm. to change and like you know. Uh, I don't want to get political, but just as just an example, um, is a lot of ignorance in politics is why people feel so strongly about stuff. And um, when people learn and grow and say, hey, I was wrong about that, people feel guilt, like not, what am I trying to say? People feel bad about saying that because they're admitting that they were wrong but no they were just they just didn't know what they now know you're not gonna have all the answers that's cool that's fine and there's so much more respect like Adair was saying for people who have tried to learn who have taken the steps to either learn about themselves or learn about the world around them or learn about other people's experiences and come to a new conclusion that's what we all should be doing is constantly learning about ourselves, the people around us and the world around us. Do your research, do some experiments and just be okay with the answers you get. Mm -hmm. And and be okay to change how you feel about something and your opinion about things. Right. Right. Like everything everything is fluid and 
everything is completely insignificant in the vastness of the universe so don't worry <laughs> about it too much and just have good have a good time while you're here exactly enjoy your life drop what you think you know to explore new things and yeah and also like I feel like a lot of people are like they have like that sense of pride which is like they won't explore because they're like no I'm straight I'm right, right. Yeah, specifically, know that I'm straight. Like, there's no yeah. way I couldn't be. And then, like me, who grew up thinking I was straight, yeah. and then all of a sudden went, wait, wait a minute, this explains so much. Yeah. Like, I definitely thought I was straight for all these years. And all of a sudden, look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, my dad never experimented. My dad is like the singular most heterosexual man I have ever met. <laughs> but also, like, 50% of his cousins, and also one of the, like, his aunt they were like all gay so I feel like if he grew up around that you know maybe he didn't need to experiment and he was just like okay cool I don't want that and hey your dad's pretty old my dad's pretty damn old about (laughs) it's hard to with the generations you know the difference wasn't you know wasn't relevant ever yeah (laughs) yeah I didn't know that his aunt was gay until earlier this year like he's been telling me stories about her since I was three and then, like, he just casually in, in conversation mentions, oh, yeah, and this aunt was a lesbian and had a had a partner that was also my aunt that I've never spoken about. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are you dropping this lore now? What yeah. the hell? Like, family lore. <laughs> the, family, the family lore. I'm sitting here like, oh, is this, like, are you sending me on a quest now? Is that what, <laughs> like, am I about to go on a journey? And this is why you revealed to me... <laughs> oh my god dads are are like that they'll just tell you most information yeah and it's a you know it's a generational thing too but yeah i love your guys's advice just you know keep going at life have fun with it and you will continuously learn along the way i want to clarify my because i i just played off of what adair said but i have some specifics and they're in the jumble of spaghetti that is my brain um oh we've changed from pudding to spaghetti it is more solid though (laughs) that's an now it's a tangle of thoughts that aren't quite connecting right Um, you can come out as many times as you need to that is that is the first part is you can come out as many times as you need to and I know some people are like, it's so confusing. Everybody is constantly changing how they identify. And honestly, just go with it. Just go with the flow of what other people need to experience in their life. They're a non-binary lesbian. Yeah. You don't have to question that. That's they're, how they identify. They're you know? a trans mask lesbian. They're a trans mask lesbian. Like, that much to you, you will... You know, you will call them by their correct pronouns and all this stuff. You know, like, yeah. just let them- if you are close enough with this person that they're willing to share an explanation of how they feel with you that is wonderful and awesome and you should appreciate that mm-hmm. like that you are close enough with this person but in all reality we're going to come across so many people that yeah. have all these different labels and you that not may not understand make all of them. us yeah they might not make sense to you and so that's the second part you can first part is you can come out as many times as you need to we're all fluid right we change we evolve the second part is use the labels that you feel comfortable with um, that mean what they mean to you you know don't worry about what people are going to understand and what um you know if something doesn't quite make sense in the scheme of what people usually know about those labels use the labels that you are comfortable with and vice versa 
accept other people's labels, even if they don't quite make sense to you. Yeah. And Google is free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is an evil corporation, yes. but it's free. But, it free. <laughs> but it's free and it has a lot of answers out there for you. So if you, you know, aren't quite sure about something, Google it. And you're going to say something disrespectful to someone, right. stop and just go Google it. You know, also, that'll give you an answer. Yeah. Also, as much as I hate a lot of the communities on Reddit, you will find a forum for anything on Reddit. Anything. There are so yeah. many. I, there's a forum on rats. I'm on there all the time yeah. just to look at cute pictures. There's probably um, a specific asexual bi romantic. Oh, there are. Yeah. There are. There's multiple. Yeah. And, and you people, probably even narrow that down more. <laughs> and the people in them as long as you are respectful right. are going to be more than happy to answer any questions you have whether you're trying to learn something about yourself or trying to understand someone you know like yeah. there's this idea i think that one you need to have the answers to everything but two you need to figure it out all on your own right and, which isn't true there's always going to be someone there who can give you answers exactly and if and you just have to reach out you just have to reach out and if you're not getting that from your friends or your family know that that's okay and sometimes that happens but there's other people out there there's internet there's strangers on the internet that will probably give you more clarity and information and make you feel more secure about yourself just having the space to talk about something mm -hmm. similar yeah you guys are amazing Thank you so thank, much. Thank you so much for inviting us to do this. Yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> Both. Like this, uh, this was such a good episode. And I'm just, I've further inspired myself to like just look into everything more and get more definitions like locked down in my head. Like I just, yeah, it's you don't know everything now. Yeah, exactly. Right. So much to explore. There's so much to explore. Just it was just your life and learn things when you want to learn them. Yeah. It was just so great to chat with you guys. All the time for me. <laughs> learn even more and you both are amazing and i love your friendship and yeah thank you so much thank you. Right. of course